Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. So at the end of last year, I decided that I wanted to do something different, do something fun, do something fresh and new. So I decided to do a series, a podcast series of the Enterprise Now podcast, except live. And so we did that. We did our first one and I thought it was a wonderful time. I had a great time. The interview was absolutely phenomenal. So let me tell you a little bit about the live format. So the live format is this. Guests are invited. It's an invite-only event, and they invite people who they want to connect with, who they want to engage with into the setting. Everybody comes in, and the guests actually get to vote on who they want me to interview for that evening. They also get to give me the questions that they want me to ask the person. So keep in mind, I don't know who I'm going to interview, and I don't know what questions I'm going to ask them. So it's a fun time for all. And in addition to that, we have a couple of giveaways that we do. The person who refers the most people for that evening, they win the top referrer prize for that evening. In addition to that prize, we have a the best pitch prize. So what the best pitch is, is it's when you go around the room and you tell people who you are, what you do, why you do it, and why they should vote for you to be the featured guest for that evening. And everybody gets to hear everybody's pitch, and then they vote on who had the best pitch, and we give away a prize. There's also dancing, and there's a lot of engaging conversations and discussions. So it's a fun night. I hope that you like the new format. Check it out. Here is my live podcast interview with Big Mike Danielson. Can I get an oh yeah? yeah. Can I get an oh yeah? yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. I'm Big Mike. I've been called Big Mike forever. I don't really know. It's on my license plate as well. B-I-G-M-I-K-E. So I guess I'm Big Mike. No. In all seriousness, I work in the financial industry. I'm a commercial lender, which means I lend money to small businesses. I really do three things. And I'll keep this really short because honestly, guys, there's nothing sexy about banking. And the last thing you want to do on a Friday night is listen to someone talk about banking. I help entrepreneurs get into business, whether they're buying a business or starting a business. That's the first thing I do. Number two, I help businesses grow. Every business reaches a point where they need more money. And they might not be able to ink a check at the time they need that money. So it may be a matter of borrowing their future. Maybe it's buying a piece of machinery or equipment. Maybe it's just, I need money to make payroll so I can hire some more guys to continue growing this business. All those types of things. And number three, I work with investors in real estate. So whether you're buying a building for your business, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and you want to be a professional landlord and own property. Those are all things that I do. So really, it's applying for a loan, getting money to accomplish and fund your dreams. 
Every big business out there, you guys, started as a small business. And every small business needed a commercial banker or a small business banker, whatever label you want to put on it, to help them get that first loan to get into business. And that's what I do. And that's what gives me pleasure because it's great to see that change. People are basically saying, I've got this idea. I kind of know what I'm doing, but I'm kind of scared out of my mind at the same time. But I need some money in order to make this happen. And my job is to look at that and say, okay, there's some elements of risk, and that's really where I rely on the other people I work with at the bank who are trained at looking at all that. And you know, behind the scenes, it's risk, risk, risk. This looks risky. This looks risky. And my job is to say, despite those risks, this and this look good and may mitigate the risk. It's worth taking the chance on these people. It's hard, though, in my industry because we can only afford to screw up one time out of 100. So that's why if anyone in here has applied for a loan for a business and you're like, Jesus, what's taking so long? Or why are they asking me to verify all this stuff? It's because we can only afford to screw up one time out of a hundred. And that's hard. You know, I, I'm kind of the guy in the middle. So, you know, I'm the one taking the punches from the people that analyze everything. Are you nuts? Why would we give money to these people? And then I also have to go out and talk to the customer and say, okay, you know, buffer that and say, you know, I might need a little bit more information. I need to know a little bit more about how this works or how do you forecast this and this are going to affect things? Because ultimately, my job is to sell the people who make the money decision on despite the risks and despite the good, the bad, the ugly, it's worth getting in bed with these people. That's what I do. No, seriously, that's what I do. Awesome. So what motivates you to do what you do? I enjoy the effect of what I do when you make someone's dream come true. And, and I've been lending money for a long time, guys. Before I worked in the business element of it and lending to businesses, and I, I used to do mortgages. And so I'd help people with their very first homes. Also worked in private wealth, which was obviously people that have accumulated wealth, but not really a clue what to do with it or how to keep it going and you know, teaching and showing them all of those things. So I've worked in a lot of different elements within the financial piece of it. And it's nice when people come in and they don't know what to do and they find value in you being truthful and honest. I'm not here to sell you these widgets, even though that's what my boss wants me to do. Let's figure out what makes sense. And, you know, my boss and I can duke it out later. Why'd you sell him only two widgets instead of all 10 of them? Just because he didn't freaking need all 10 widgets. That's why. So how do you inspire others to take risks and embrace change? It's hard, especially with a business, because you really you have to put it all on the line. You have to be willing to lose it all, especially with business. I mean, you have an idea, you're passionate about it. I meet people all the time. They're like, I, this works. I believe in this. And sometimes it, it might not be the right time for you to do this. We might need to rethink a couple of things, but you've got to just be willing to do that. Anyone that's made it in business has had it all out there on the line at one point. That's a very good answer. What inspired you to go into your current profession? What inspired me to get into banking and all that? You know, it's funny. I went to college, UWM, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I originally went, I was going to do pre-med because I thought I wanted to be a doctor or a chiropractor. And why? Because, well, every doctor and chiropractor at the time, this is the early 90s, I knew was filthy rich. And I decided, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And second semester, freshman year of college, I got a four credit F in A and P and I got a five credit F in chemistry 104. Wait, so what, what's a f 
Yeah, I totally bombed it. I did terrible. I, my GPA second semester well, I, I got that. was like a zero point eight. Yeah. So what's a four point F? Like that's an emphasis. Oh, uh, the, the class was you know, like a f- uh, you know four credits, credits, not gotcha. points, credits, okay. credits. Yeah. yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So I'm like, okay, we better figure out what makes more sense to do here. And I kind of went back on business as a backup. And then I discovered, you know, accounting makes sense. I had some friends that were doing that as well. And accounting is a great degree if you want to get into business because it's a way to just learn how things work. Really, all this is just classifying things. What do you call it when this happens? Well, that goes in this column or that row, whatever. But it gives you a good overall understanding of how things work. And so I kind of regrouped and went that way. And then I discovered I kind of liked real estate along the way. So I actually have a a degree in both accounting and real estate. And it wasn't until about my sophomore year when I'm like, God, is there a way to make a career out of dealing with real estate and money at the same time? Hmm, where could you do something like that? And then I realized, oh my God, you know, any bank does that. Well, why am I even in college at this point? Well, I finished it out, but I was eager to get into it. When I learned the time value of money, that really is what it was, you know, learning how to figure out what's the payment on a loan or, you know, does it make sense to do it this way versus that way? And it just was in my head, there's a business model here. There's got to be a way to make money doing this. Duh. So it took me going to college and, you know, almost flunking out to realize I didn't want to be a doctor for the wrong reasons and then figure out that money and finance was interesting. Long answer to a short question. Very good stuff. So what was the worst mistake you recently made? Picking scissors instead of rock and ending up up here. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I don't, I don't make mistakes. No, I'm kidding. I, that's a tough question. I make a lot of mistakes all the time. It just happens, you know. It's, you, you have to be. I'm going to kind of deflect off of that. You have to learn from what you did. If you if you walk away from something, Jesus, that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. What do we do? What did we learn from that? What would we do differently? Or what pieces of information did I think I knew when it turns out I didn't, and I should have known this and that before I said this or that. And that's just called the school of hard knocks. So it's really learning from mistakes. I don't know. I didn't really answer the question, I guess. There's no big one. It's always little things and just being able to learn from it. Got it. So what's your biggest triumph? Oh, boy. These are tough questions. Who wrote that question? These are those people's questions. (laughs) I'm just delivering them. (laughs) Those people. All right. I'll tell a story here. This is uh, kind of personal, but I'll, I'll put it out there. It's a big triumph for me. Almost a year ago to the date, I suffered a stroke while at work. I was in the middle of talking to some people about a really important project. And all of a sudden, I just, I didn't really know where I was. The room was really dizzy. And I guess people were looking at me, saw like my face, like went oh, down to the side. And I, someone was like, something's wrong with Big Mike. And someone came over and Mike, are you all right? Do you know where you are? And I couldn't talk. I was just kind of, uh, 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 and I really, and it was weird because all morning I had this headache that wouldn't go away. And it just, it just kind of hit me. And I ended up, you know, going to the emergency room and going to the hospital and I ended up being admitted and all of that. The weirdest part was as a side effect of this stroke that I had, there is a little piece of brain about the size of a green pea that's dead. It just doesn't work anymore. There's nothing there. It's just dead tissue. And it was the piece that was integral to knowing how to do math and logic and reasoning. Now, I could still do the multiplication table, you guys. You could ask me any doctors, what's three times seven? 21. You know, what's nine times nine? 81. You know, count down from 13 to seven. 
13, 12, 12, 12, 12. I don't know what comes after 12. You know, so things like that. What time is it right now? Well, it's quarter to seven where we are. I'd look at the watch and I'd be like, 83. And they're like, well, try again. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And I'm oh, sorry. And they're like, take another guess, you know, try, try, really, really think this time. So after about a minute, I look up and I'm like, 82? And they're like, no. So I didn't know how to do any of these things. And then a couple of days afterwards, after I'd been discharged, I suffered a seizure as a side effect of the stroke. So then I was back in the hospital for about a week and they didn't know why that happened. It was just a side effect of it. But then, you know, at that point, you know, you met your max out of pocket. So test me for everything you can think of, you know, plug me into everything, you know, run everything you can through me. So I was in the hospital for a while. As a result of it, though, I ended up being out of work for about three and a half months. And I had to relearn all of these things. Now, so what, what do you do with a 42-year-old guy that can multiply like the best of them, but really can't do much more than that? Mike, what weighs more, an elephant or a candy bar? A oh, candy bar. Well, why? Well, it's a candy bar. <laughs> Duh. Mike, what weighs more? I'm like, weigh? What does weigh mean? Like, weigh? I'm like, I've never heard that word in my life. So things that are common sense made no sense. But through a lot of what they call speech therapy and intensive rehab from all of those things, I was able to relearn those things. And they said it would come back over time. And it did. And all of a sudden, I remember the day I remembered how the clock works. And I look at my wife and I'm like, I think I figured this out. <laughs> and she's like, well, do tell. And I'm like, you know, it, it's, it's based on 60 and then, you know, 60 in an hour. And she's like, well, what were you thinking? And I'm like, I used to think, well, you know, 100 minutes, 100 seconds in a minute, 100 minutes in an hour, 100 hours in a day, 100 days in a week, 100 weeks in a year. And they're like, no, 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 that's metric. <laughs> so then I was known as Metric Mike at the hospital and with the people in the therapy area. They're like, hey, Metric Mike, you know, so... So that was fun. So we got through all that stuff. So that was a really big challenge to overcome. Like I said, I, I was, it was a combination of a lot of things, just stress, maybe eating bad, you know, so it's important to take care of yourself. I mean, I'm 43 and I learned when I was at the hospital that this is more and more common. They said there are people in their mid thirties, even late twenties that are having strokes. And it's because of their work being too stressful possibly, or maybe just they don't eat right, or they have, you know, they have bad habits, but a lot of things are factoring into it. And they're saying it's very common to see people with this. So I, I was a success story. I recovered from it, but it was a huge obstacle and it was crazy to go through all of it, but I've been given a clean bill of health. It's as if nothing happened. So that is awesome. 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 So I, this isn't on here. I have a follow-up question. One of the things that I, I love to talk about on the show is mindset, because I think that that's one of the most important success factors, right? It's how you think about what you think about and how you approach things. So how do you even begin to deal with that, right? Being where you were and in your mm -hmm. life, where do you even start in terms of, of a mindset and how to get better? It's interesting because when it happened at first, it was panic because I didn't know, like, am I, am I going to be able to talk again? Am I, is anyone going to understand what I'm, what's going on? Am I going to tell my wife I love her? Am I going to be able to do any of, you know, and it was very scary. And then it turned into pity party for a little while, of course, you know, like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? Who's going to hire a guy that can only multiply and can't do anything else? You know, how are we going to pay for our house? You know, I told my wife, put the freaking house on the market. You know, we're, we're just, we're f***ed. And... <laughs> 
We can also edit that out. So much editing. And I was telling my therapist, about the speech therapist about her name was Laurie. She worked at Freighter and she just kind of grabbed me and she said, you will get through this. She said, knock it off. And she said, quit, quit being a baby, you know, and all this. And I was just like, excuse me? And you know, but I let that kind of set in and I did calm down. But initially, you had to, I had to process it though, you know, and when things go bad, my initial reaction is to kind of blow up and then to figure out later, you know, and those of you that know disc personalities, I'm a D, so when, when things don't work out, I blow up, but then I cool off and I figure out, okay, how do we fix this? How do we put Humpty Dumpty back together? And so it went from pity party more into we can do this, we can fix it. And then it was more, okay. So day one, I've got the intelligence of a third grader. I want to go back to being a banker. How the hell do we do that? And just saying, okay, throw it at me. I'm willing to work hard. And we did therapy four days a week, an hour and a half a session. And it was just, yeah. Some of the tasks I did that we do all the time. It would take me a half hour to figure out how the hell to do it. And she'd be like, great, we're going to do it again. And then she'd give me like nine of them to take home and I'd stay up all night and do them. And my wife's like, you know, this is right. You know, stay up, stay up and do this. Cause I'm like, there's no way we're going to lose everything we have in the game of life because of this. And so really it turned from pity party into determination. Awesome. A lot of times people think that success is easy. We're talking entrepreneurs and business. My motto is brick by brick, right? You you start with where you are and you build on it and you build on it and you don't give up. So final question for you. What's the best advice that you have received? You're asking me my questions that I wrote down, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's not one, one thing that stands out. So it's a tough question. And, you know, when I wrote questions thinking someone else is going to be up here, of course, I'm like, <laughs> take that. You know, take <laughs> that. <laughs> That'll show you. <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine who was a cop that uh, recently passed away. He ended up taking his own life just from all the stress. And his motto was always stay the course. And, you know, when you dealt a curveball, stay the course, do what you know is right. You know, understand it, it's going to take, it's not the end of the world. Just, you know, stay with it. Stay the course is such a nice, concise way to say all of that. And, he used to say that a lot. And when we were at his wake, and his wake was a big event, and I was you know, when a policeman dies, you know, five, six hundred people show up, and you know, story after story after story. And so many people mentioned that, you know, his name was Joe. Joe always said, stay the course, stay the course. And that just kind of sticks with me. And, you know, he passed away maybe oh, less than a year ago, but I think of it when I, you know, when I struggle. It, it comes to mind as, Something that it's simple, but it's also, it can be as deep as you want it to be. But if you're in a situation where you just don't know what to do or you feel a little imbalanced or you just feel like, I don't know how to deal with this, you just have to kind of regroup. And I, I use that. Awesome. It's amazing how the simple things in life have such a, a deep and profound effect. So thank you so much, yeah. Big Mike, for being a good sport and the awesome interview. I think there were a lot of good nuggets that you mentioned that I wrote down mentally. So thank you for your time. Thank you. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. 
I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.